Man, didn't do, Isaac do a great job on the five minutes of fire? Should have had me do a five minutes of fire and let him do the whole message. <laughs> so um, we're going to continue talking about love tonight because February is a month where a lot of people are thinking about love. Uh, Valentine's Day and significant others and bays and all of that. Uh, so we can start out if everyone wants to turn to Mark 12 and their Santa Biblias. I'm bilingual as well, if, in case anyone wasn't aware. Several languages I speak. All right, Mark 12, and I'm going to start in verse uh, 28 here. So it says, And then one of the scribes came, and having heard them reasoning together, perceiving that he had answered them well, and asked, Which is the first commandment of all? Jesus answered and said, The first of all commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second, like it is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. So uh, here we see that Jesus, uh, one of the scribes has come up to Jesus and asked him, most important commandment, because there was, you know, in the Old Testament, we had the Ten Commandments, we had commandments about how to dress and how to give offerings, and a lot of different rules. And so he's asking Jesus, what is the most important one? And Jesus gives us two commandments that supersede all of the other commandments, and it's love God and love others. And so tonight I'm going to talk about how to love, um, how to follow those two commandments Jesus gave us, um, with a side shout out to Lil Wayne and his hit single, for the title of this message. <laughs> so we see, um, like I said, Jesus gives these two commandments, and he says these are more important than any of the other commandments, um, the Ten Commandments. Um, and if we want to jump over to Romans 13. And verse 8. It says, Owe no one anything except to love another, for he who loves another has fulfilled the law. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, you shall not covet. If there is any other commandment, all are summed up in this, saying, namely, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbor, therefore love is the fulfillment of the law. So all the other commandments are summed up in the commandment to love. And we hear especially growing up in church, a lot of times you just hear people telling, talking about love, like love, just love, love your neighbor, love yourself, love your enemies, love um, love life, love God, love people, love everybody. And then not a lot of follow-up on how to go about, how to go about loving with God's kind of love. And there's a lot of sources, a lot of people in the world that have opinions on what it means to love. And there's a lot of um, maybe your friends, music, movies, romantic movies, for goodness sake, Twilight, romantic comedies. There's a lot of opinions on what it means to really love. And these, all of these sources can only show you what it means to love with man's love, not what it means to love with God's love, because those are different things. So if you want to jump over to 1 John chapter 4. Uh, 
I'm going to read uh, verse 8. It says, he, does, he who does not love does not know God, for God is love. It doesn't say God has love, God is pretty good at love, God walks in love. God literally is love. So if you're going to look to anybody to find out how to go about fulfilling the commandments of love, it would be God, not uh, romantic comedies, not you know novels, not music that only show you how to love with man's love. So, if we want to learn how to love, we need to look to God, not to men. <clears throat> so, is anyone in here, anyone in here, and be honest, because you're in church and God's going to know if you lie, but how many people in here like a good romantic comedy? Ron, Steve, I, I figured you would. Nick Rivera looks very excited about romantic comedies. Okay. I'm always, look, I've always been down for a good romantic comedy, and I've always been proud of that. And there's something I want to talk about that we see in a lot of romantic movies, because if you haven't noticed, they're all really the same thing. It's all pretty much the same storyline. <clears throat> and so you'll see what happens in the romantic movies is there's a guy and there's a girl, and they meet. And at first, and it's great, and they have butterflies, and it's all huggy bear, kissy face, and they're in love. And, man, it's just super great, and the birds are singing, and the, the clouds are parting for the sun to come through. And... And then later, and then, you know, they go on, they're dating, they're doing whatever, they're doing their thing. And then something's going to happen, an argument, someone else comes in the picture, and they separate. And the girl goes off, and then it's up to the guy. I don't know why it's always up to the guy. I don't think that's equal, but it's always up to the guy to prove to the girl, no, wait, I actually love you, we should totally be together. And so the guy is going to go through this uh, routine of what I call the grand gesture of love. And it's in every movie. You can find it, whether it's, you know, standing out in the yard at night with the boombox and the song's going, it's in your eyes. And then the girl's up in the window and she looks out and she's like, oh, he loves me. Or, <laughs> or a lot of times, and this is in a lot of movies, and I don't get this one, it's when, okay, the two people split up. The girl goes, meets an entirely different guy, starts a relationship, falls in love, gets engaged, plans a wedding, and then on the wedding day, the other guy just busts in and is like, nope, I love her, don't marry her, you can't do it because I love her, and then the lady's always like, oh my god, I love you, not him, okay, we'll get him. I don't understand how that actually would happen because, and Charles, I promise you, during your wedding, as your best man, if anybody busts in and tries to tell Missy they love her, I'm going to shoot him with your crossbow, <laughs> drop him de- right in the aisle. That's just, that's just best man duties, just basic best man stuff. So what you see a lot of times in these movies, the grand gesture of love, the big, you know, romantic plan to get back the girl and... But how many people know that's not something that the movies invented? That's not something that Nicholas Sparks came up with. Um, if we look and let's all turn to John 3.16. Um, just obscure Bible reference. Not a lot of people probably ever heard this verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So we see here 
that, I mean, the Bible is a love story. From start to finish, the entire book is about God's love for you and me and everybody else on the planet. And when, when we had turned away from him and we were pursuing other interests, God chose to do this grand gesture of love towards us by sending Jesus, whereas humanity, you know, just like where, you know, we had split up, we were pursuing other things, God still loved, and so God gave. And so if we want to know how to love with the God kind of love, this is the scripture we need to look at, and it says, God loved, so God gave. So how do you love with the God kind of love? You give. And this is different from man's love because man's love, and you'll hear this in like a lot of times if you're hearing like somebody talk about marriage, it'll just be like marriage is just give and take, you know? It's a give and take. Love is give and take. I give today. I take tomorrow. I give a little here. take a little there. I gave yesterday. It's your turn to give today. And that's not what God's love is about at all. That's, that's man's love. Anybody ever play Monopoly in here? Okay, listen, this is good. I love playing Monopoly. And nobody likes playing Monopoly with me. If you all heard Dee's sassy comment that he just dropped on the front row, my siblings won't play Monopoly with me. The Stumblers are the only ones that will still play Monopoly. And here's why. I know why. I know I'm flawed. I play Monopoly with the man kind of love. I don't play Monopoly with God's kind of love. When I'm playing Monopoly, all right, here, when you get going good in the game, and say somebody lands on Haas and his yellow properties, because Haas always has the yellow properties, and he always has hotels on all of them, and D lands on it, and D can't cover it. That's when I swoop in, because D's about to have to mortgage property or sell off some hotels, and I swoop in, and I say, D, since I love you, don't even worry about it. Let me cover this for you. Now, if it were God's kind of love, I would leave it there. I would say, let me cover this from you. But I don't play Monopoly with God's kind of love. I play with man's love. I say, let me get this for you. Pay Hoss this, you know, $750 or whatever it is. But later on, when I land on your spaces, I'm not going to pay you. The first three times, you have to let me slide. Or I'll say, next time somebody lands on your hotels, you got to give me all the money. Or every time someone lands on your hotels, give me 17% of the money that they owe you. And that's usually when people quit on me because they get frustrated with me because they don't like playing Monopoly to its fullest potential. But I do not give in Monopoly expecting nothing in return. But the God kind of love loves and gives without expecting anything in return. So let's turn back to Mark 12. So, yes. <laughs> Very refreshing. Thank you, okay. <clears throat> All right, back to Mark 12. And we'll start in 29. Jesus answered and said, The first of all commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second, like it, is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Excuse me. So, 
Now that we've seen how to love according to God's kind of love, we're just going to walk through a little practical application here um, on these two commandments that God has given us and kind of how do I go about loving God? How do I go about loving other people? So I'm going to read a passage out of the Message Bible, actually. Um, It's in Matthew 25. If you don't have a message, you can just kind of listen because it's going to be a little different than the old King Jimmy. And I'm going to start in 14. <clears throat> and so this is talking about um, this is talking about heaven, the kingdom of heaven, in this parable. And he says, "It's like a man going on an extended trip. He called his servants together and delegated responsibilities. To one he gave five thousand dollars, to another two thousand, and to a third one thousand, depending on their abilities. And then he left. Right off, the first servant went to work and doubled his master's investment. The second did the same." But the man with the single thousand dug a hole and carefully buried his master's money. After a long absence, the master of those servants came back and settled up with him. The one given $5,000 showed how he had doubled his investments and his master commended him. Good work. You did your job well. From now on, be my partner. The servant with 2000 showed how he had also doubled his master's investment. His master commended him. Good work. You did your job well. From now on, be my partner. The servant given 1,000 said, Master, I know you have high standards and hate careless ways that you demand the best and make no allowances for error. I was afraid I might disappoint you, so I found a good hiding place and secured your money. Here it is, safe and sound, down to the last cent. And the master was furious. That's a terrible way to live life. It's criminal to live cautiously like that. If you knew that I was after the best, why did you do less than the least? The least you could have done would have been to invest the sum with bankers, where at least I would have gotten a little interest. Take the thousand and give it to the one who risked the most, and get rid of this play it safe, who won't go out on a limb, throw it out into utter darkness. Let that encourage you. <laughs> so, uh, and I'm going to kind of hit on some stuff that uh, Jordan talked about in the, his um, first series at the beginning of the year, um, because he kind of talked about this, uh, this parable that Jesus gives. So the master in the story... Um, signifies God. And how many know we don't have anything that God hasn't given us? Every good and perfect gift comes from God. And so our act of love towards God is using what he gave us for him. That's how we show our love for God. That's how we give to God is by giving ourselves because he's already given us everything. And so using it for him and then showing him, okay, here's what I've done for you, rather than just taking it and doing nothing with it. You notice the, um, the servant who did something with their gift, the two that invested it and doubled it and brought it back and said, look, I did something with what you gave me. I did something for you with what you gave me. They were commended. And the servant that said, actually, I just hid mine and buried it and did nothing with it and just let it sit there, he was scorned. And so this is how we go about Fulfilling that first commandment of love to God is using what he gave us for him. And then if we want to jump over to Luke chapter 6. Luke, who's Luke? Send the wonders. Thanks, everyone. All right, Luke chapter 6. And I'm going to start in verse 27. But I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you and pray for those who spitefully use you. 
To him who strikes you on one cheek, offer the other also. And from him who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. Give to everyone who asks for you. And from him who takes away your goods, do not ask them back. Just as you want men to do to you, do unto them likewise. But if you love those who love you, what credit is it to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those from who you hope to receive back, what credit is that to you? For even sinners lend to receive as much back. But love your enemies, do good, and lend hoping for nothing in return. And your reward will be great, and you will be the sons of the Most High. For he is kind to the unthankful and evil. Therefore, be merciful just as your Father is merciful. So Jesus makes a lot of strong statements here. Um, a lot of statements that go against what um, what we would say is love, What kind of what we go against like common knowledge or logic. He says if someone hits you, just turn around and let them hit you again on the other side. And if someone steals from you, then give them something. So these are a lot of strong statements that are kind of hard to swallow when you really think about it. But Jesus is talking about this to show how far the God kind of love will go and how far we're supposed to go in loving others. So this passage should be a goal for us as Christians because this is what's going to set us apart from the rest of the world. It says that sinners are going to love the people that are nice to them. That's easy. That's, everybody does that. They're going to love the people, their friends, and people that are nice to them. But it's a mark of a true believer to love other people who have given you reason to hate them, who have done wrong things to you. Your act of still loving them is going to be the earmark of a believer, and people are going to see that, and that's what's going to make people say, there's something different about this person, and I want it. It's not going to be, you know, like Isaac was saying, just talking to people and saying, you know, spouting out Bible verses left and right. It's going to be love. That's the earmark of a believer is loving people who don't deserve to be loved. So we saw even in the New Testament church, um, people would just, if there was a need, if people saw somebody that needed something, they would just sell everything they had in order to provide for the person that had a need. So you just see this endless giving and giving, and that should be the earmark of the church. So... Just to recap a little bit, um, God is love. To love is to give. And uh, the two commandments that we're charged with, to love God and love others. And uh, that's about it. Man, short and sweet.